You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Abukta. This is Murps. Hello. Uh, the patch dropped for BGs. We got some news for Arena. We're going to discuss Huge those. news for Arena. Yeah. So uh, last week, it didn't come with the patch itself, but I think on Friday, I don't know when, I played Friday night. I didn't feel it. But I guess like Friday late night or maybe even Saturday, uh, the actual adjustments to Arena kicked in. That means uh, that we do not have great stats for it. HS Replay runs, you know, they're collecting their stats, but they have like almost no sample size. But we can see some movements already, and we'll delve into those afterwards on what has happened. Uh, But let's talk big picture first before we delve down to the nitty gritty. We had um, at London, the developer for the modes, I mean, I was going to say the modes modes. The modes team, which is in charge of Arena and a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, released uh, a whole bunch of tweets that kind of communicated the ideas behind this uh, these micro-adjusts. And they are micro-adjusts. So one is that these are not... Um, these are not automatic, they were done by hand, but they are also functioning the same way that micro-adjusts function, in that they're reducing offering rates of cards that they think that they, you know, the arena will be better with those offering rates reduced. They're doing it with both an eye towards power level and an eye towards class balance, which is huge, because the old-school micro-adjusts did not care about power level. Um, and three, this was mentioned even before but now that we have numbers, uh, and you know, they keep saying, they keep describing it in ways that omits this. None of the bad classes have had their good cards buffed up in offering odds. That is a huge change in how classes are balanced in the arena, and I think it's a great change. But we can, uh, we can, we can, we can talk about that. Murps, your 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 thoughts on uh, on what the the philosophy behind. All these uh, new micro-adjusts. We should just, what are we going to call new micro-adjusts? These are just adjustments. Micro-adjusts were something from the old regime. Uh, you know, and I, I, the name was just not accurate as well. These are adjustments. These are adjustments oh, okay, to Okay, but these are still... These are actually way more micro-adjusts yeah, than the I old adjustments. Yeah, I think micro-adjustments just has it, it for me it's just got a connotation to it it's got memories right. attached to it i don't like it okay. before we talk about anything i want to stress that this was tweeted out by matt london and highlighted in a official blizzard post this is also a big deal previously you guys know there weren't a lot of arena changes and when there were a lot of times they were done in secret and you had somebody like Taro who just no life <laughs> looks at <laughs> HS replay. No offense to you, Taro. You know, I'm just joking. Uh, and then, um, you know, which which is very helpful for the community, makes a post on Arena HS and is like, hey, wait, these offering rates have changed for these epic cards, for these weird specific cards. By the way, these legendaries are showing up a little bit more often here. Um, and this was not communicated anywhere. I'm, I'm not even talking about unofficially, like in a tweet yeah. or something. It was just never communicated, but something was changed in a fairly significant way in which if you play a lot of Arena, you would care about something like that. This time, we have somebody who is working on the team, putting it out on Twitter, putting it out on an official Blizzard blog post uh, that hey, here are the cards that are we're, we are changing. This is what we're changing, and even more importantly, this is our thinking. And then uh, Matt London also says at the end, it's like, hey, look, we care about arena, uh, and more things are to come. That phrase, you know, traditionally, I think it's been memed upon. It's like, oh yeah, of course we care about arena, and it was like people who during you know right before the expansion comes out they're like oh we we care and we love about arena um this is one of those times in which it's like look they're not trying to sell an expansion uh they didn't have to do any of this in fact like 
we're kind of close to the next natural change up, right? The next yeah. expansion. I think this is the, the beta test for their whole new system because yeah. they've never done this before. And uh, they also said in their tweets that these changes are small. Like within the changes that they could have made, they purposefully went with smaller changes, which was also my recommendation. We've been listening to the podcast for the past couple of months. I wanted them to go small rather than go big. Because going big messes things up when you touch too many things. So it's a good thing that uh, like I, I really like that they're on the same page um, in terms of it. But they're, they're just getting their feet wet in this. They're just trying to figure things out. So more than anything, I super appreciate the fact that this blog post was made. They explained not only what the changes were, which is, I think, the bare minimum that should be done always. But they also explained their philosophy. And they mm -hmm. uh, state their sort of continued... Uh, desire to improve arena whatever happens with the actual changes and its effects on the meta this is very very welcome I, I i you know this makes me feel good and i think this should make a lot of people feel good that we're actually getting official communications in addition yes. to these promises of improvement now now let's be clear the official communications could have been better it is better than it usually is but it could have been better in that this is a forum post that gets tweeted around this is not a in the actual patch note this did not make it into the blog this didn't make it into the patch and you know matt london was very open about it he said hey look we got it in and we got it in i think past the deadline of whenever they needed to release patch notes or whatever so it wasn't in the patch notes and it wasn't in the patch and it got hot fixed in later and they're not going to release a whole blog post about it uh instead they're just going to put it on the forums and that's all fine that's it's, it's written somewhere in an official blizzard communication right like rather than just in someone's tweets or not at all but uh but when everything comes together, right? When they, you know, when they do this a couple more times and get a whole flow going, these should be coming out with the patch notes. These should be coming out in the patches. It should be part of the whole write-up of what changes should be happening so that people can access it on the actual website. Like these changes are still like hard to search up if you're just trying to Google them. Like you still have to like be a part of the community, right? To kind of like know where to look to find these changes. Um, so, okay, let's, let's dig in. We, we did three layers, right? First layers is about kind of the process, which is great. This is a great new start to the, a great start to this uh, arena, the new arena team, the new modes team dealing with arena um, and the announcements that they'll continue to, you know, put a good amount of effort into this uh, balancing part of, uh, of arena while thinking of potential future ideas. Um, in, in, in kind of the background of working on that, or I don't know, I don't think they've confirmed that they're working on that, but like two years ago, that was what they were vaguely trying to do. So I feel like it's a safe assumption that they're working on some limited format. Anyway, uh, or major change to the arena later. But anyway, in the meantime, in the many, many, many months, maybe even year years uh, before that hits the ground, uh, we have a team now that actually cares about arena balance and are doing things. Um, so this is good. And because it's by hand, it may not be as sophisticated, but this kind of stuff is an art and not a science anyway. So having a machine do it is not necessarily an upgrade over having a human being like do it. And this team is not, I don't think they're recreating Tianding's uh, micro-adjust algorithm. I think they're just in the arena, playing some game, taking some feedback and, um, you know, making adjustments based on that. So. Let's talk about the big picture changes that happened. Um, and I want to focus on the two areas that are different from previous regime. And the first of these is that offering rate adjustments to neutral cards exists now. Not based on class, but just all neutral cards. I mean, not all neutral cards, but I mean like just neutral cards all across all classes. Offering rates for Gangplank Diver is down like 35-40% from what it was two days ago. And this is based on HS replay data, so it may go down even more once we are once we are fully in, like once the, the data, once there's more data, once we have more days in it, because HS replay has only been collecting the data and publishing it for like, I don't know, maybe 30 hours. Um, but it looks to be a serious serious hit to the offering rate of Gangplank Diver. That card is now closer to being a rare card than a common card. 
that has not been done in a very, very long time. We're talking many years. There was at some point in which some of the cards got half offering rates, but they're bringing this back, and this is great because it lets cards like Gangplank Diver, for example, which is who's you know it's not exactly the most problematic card as we've discussed before, but also we don't really want to see it all the time. Right? It's not really what's making Arena fun here, Gangplank Diver. And so they basically made it a rare. Um, so I think the fact that they're willing to do this is uh, is, is great. I agree. Um, I think it's one of those cards in which you can't just look at win rates, right? I mean, if you mm -hmm. just look at win rates, uh, you are not going to create... You can create a very balanced game that's not fun. And yeah. this is why... At the same time, we are a huge fan of a human being at least checking anything that they are naturally sort of like planning to change through, let's say, an algorithm or a program. Because the easiest way to balance out the classes um, is to do something like, you know, oh, every class has insanely powerful or insanely random things, uh, but... I think everybody agrees that wouldn't be much fun. Like, just give everybody a deck full of Shifter Zeruses, right? It's like a Tavern Brawl kind of situation. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I I think this is good. Like, uh, I, I understand maybe some people will want a lot more, but I we've stressed this as well. I don't think you should expect a ton for the first one. And I think the way that they handled it is pretty elegant. It's yeah. safe, but it's pretty elegant. Yeah, like they uh, they specifically said, if this doesn't work, we're going to go harder, right? They didn't go the way, you know, we keep, we're all, I think this is just PTSD from Diablo 3 balancing, where literally it was a meme, right? Just double it. Like everything was just double, oh, it's not powerful enough? Let's double it. Oh, it's too powerful? Let's have it. Like that's just the increments in which they were working with in that game. Uh, I mean, the Hearthstone Arena was kind of like that, uh, in that, you know, the rarities, for example, and offering rates, how much do you offer a common card? Double the offering rate of a rare card, right? Like, there's no uh, sensitivity in the middle. Um, and that system is 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 fine. Uh, you know, it's a little rough around the edges, but, but it's fine too. But it's always nice to have people actually go in and tweak it. So these adjustments are, you don't know what cards are changed, right? So they still haven't put out the list of that. I really do wish they would put out the list of that. Um, especially because there's someone doing it by hand now. So it's not like they're actually moving like 300 cards around by somewhere between one and 80%, right? Like they're moving like, I don't know, 10, 20 cards at most. And they're moving it by somewhere between like 15% and maybe 40%, maybe 50% or 20 to 40, but it's some reasonable range. So they clearly know what they're like, what they have done, hopefully. And they, they just haven't told it to us. They, they mentioned a couple names, but they just didn't give us the, the actual information. And I don't know why you wouldn't like at least have the information available somewhere, right? Even if people aren't expected to go dig it up. And even if it probably matters 0.02% like to your win rate to actually know the exact numbers of these uh, of what goes up or down. Like some of us are interested. Anyway, um, that's Gangplank Diver. If you think going down 40% in offering rate for Gangplank Diver is a pretty decent and big change, well, they didn't go that far with any other cards. This is just a Gangplank Diver thing. I think what happened is they took away Gangplank Diver's offering rate bonus and then added the normal hit that the other cards took. Because other cards got offering rates nerfed too, but they're only down about 15%. Um, and this is like a wide range of cards too. Um, this is a wide range of cards uh, that goes from legendaries, which like they mentioned, Anexia. Raid Boss Anexia has now become the historical first of the only legendary neutral card to have taken a hit in its offering rate. Um, it's not banned, but it is now down like 20% in its offering rate, approximately. Uh, but again, this is a legendary card, so the HS replay numbers have very low sample sizes and it'll move around. But I'm guessing it took the same hit as everybody else, and everybody else has taken about a 15% hit in its offering rate. This could go lower um, as we had collect more data. It could end up being like 20%, maybe. Or maybe it's just 15%. But the point is, it's not a huge drop. Rare cards are offered at 50%. Common cards are offered at 
100%. So the difference between a common and a rare is to subtract 50%. They're only taking away 15% to all the other cards. And if you're wondering which neutral cards are hit, the entire list is Raid Boss Anixia, Mothership, Night Captain, Spammy Arcanist. It's really freaking weird, but they got Spammy Arcanist. Like, it was, it was rolling along fine for a while, uh, and now they hit it. Which, again, goes into their philosophy, right? Of getting lowering the amount of unfun cards that are in the arena, of cards that cause these big swings. Whereas cards that perform better are not hit. Like School Teacher, which does not cause big swings, even though it's super powerful and has the highest win rate of all these non-legendary cards, even beating out Mothership by 0.2%. Um, School Teacher was not hit. Uh, Reef Walker and Ram Commander... Both have higher win rates, significantly higher win rates than Gangplank Diver. They were not hit. Amalgam the Deep was also not hit. Uh, even though it creates a ridiculous amount of RNG. But it's like the fun type of RNG, right? So you can clearly see the human element coming in and making these decisions of what we're hitting what we're not hitting. And the thing to know about the overall picture of the arena and offering rates is Gangplank Diver got hit hard, so it's almost a rare card now. Everything else that was hit, it was just those few cards in the neutral category, only got hit a little bit. Um, like, Raid Boss Anixia is not even the highest win rate legendary. Goliath is. They switch places back and forth, but Goliath is untouched. Uh, Ysera is untouched, but, you know, Ysera is not anywhere as bad as those guys. Uh, and Ivis is untouched, and Ivis is worse than all those guys. Uh, <laughs> so, like, if you're playing as a good player with Ivis, um, that is worse than, than all those guys. So, they're making these adjusts, you know, with... Th they're taking their liberties with it, right? So there's clearly a human mind, and they are making their decisions on it. Um, and I think the takeaway on the neutral side is that I'm just glad they're doing this. Like, any amount of reductions to any of the powerful neutral cards is always a good thing. So... What I like, you know, and honestly, they've hit every single one of the cards that I wanted to have the offering rates reduced by, uh, except for like school teacher. And I don't really care about spammy arcanist if like you're going to leave school teacher and amalgam alone because they're epic. But they've hit everything else. Now they didn't hit it as hard as I want them to have hit it, but they've also left room to hit it harder if they need to control the arena a bit more. Yep. Um, so that's all. All right. Like, so I'm, I'm very. In favor of what's what's happened on the neutral side. Yeah, let's talk about something for a second because I I see a lot of people already addressing this in the chat. And if you're listening to this, you might be thinking of the same thing. Um, the, we're talking about changes that have already happened, and some people are just like, wait, maybe no changes have happened. No, 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 no. I understand. Mm -hmm. There are at least one or two cards that they stated, like Frozen Mammoth that shouldn't be able to be drafted, that are still available as of last night to be drafted. I understand that, but we are talking about changes that have already happened. So, it is the patch as of pretty recently, and we're recording this Sunday night, uh, fully implemented, no. But we already see most, if not all, of the changes for the micro-adjusts uh, implemented i believe and i understand that as of like saturday there were there are still some cards in the long list of cards that they said shouldn't be able to be drafted anymore that you can still draft but we are talking about changes that have already happened and you okay. can see if you study an hs replay yeah okay so so moving off the neutrals now into what you're talking about well part of what you're talking about which is their balancing philosophy um, and the list of cards that they banned. So they banned another, I don't know, 10, 12 cards or something like that. And that's part of the balancing philosophy that I really like. And uh, we, I've also talked about this. I've also talked about this on Reddit, um, which is like, this is what I think is the best ba balancing philosophy. And they're, they're using it. Um, and it is just that you don't buff the classes that need to get the high win rates, or at least you buff them as little as possible by buffing their top cards. Instead, you get rid of their bottom cards. You give them better choices. Because the top cards of the worst classes are just as toxic, if not more so, than the top classes of the than the top cards of the top classes. So you don't solve any problems and you actually make it worse if 
Bloodletter shows up twice as often, and then Hunter is at 50% win right now. Like, no, no one wants to see more Hunters with Bloodletters, um, I mean, Bloodseekers, in their, uh, <laughs> as their opponents. That's not, that's not making the game fun. So as part of this, and as part of the overall improvement to Arena, they banned a whole bunch of neutral cards that have almost no place in any decks, including some class cards as well from the underperforming classes. Um, and I don't know what else has happened. I don't know how else they're balancing the class adjustments, but I can tell you, and because I've been looking at the uh, offering rates for all these class cards, Priest, so Warlock, Priest, Hunter, and Warrior all went up in terms of win rates significantly. And this is just, uh, HS Replay uh, says win rates for the, last 20, uh, for the last 48 hours, and these changes have only been in for like less than 48 hours. So these numbers are going to continue to move. Um, but Warlock is at 46% now, Priest is at 42, Hunter is at 40, and Warrior is at 39. And they're going to continue to go up. Uh, so they each already improved about 2% uh, from where they were before. So something has happened. I can't figure out what it is by looking at HS Replay, though. Um, what I'm guessing is that they reduced the offering rates of a lot of the bad class cards as well uh, for these classes. Um, because I can confirm that none of the top cards for any of these classes has increased in offering rate. They are the exact same as they were before. All right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Um, so the uh, okay. So talking about class balance. Um, so the two major pillars of uh, this balancing change is one: you uh, make sure you're actually touching neutrals. It's not just class balance. It's overall balancing the arena, and that's huge. That's a huge philosophy change from what they were doing before. Before they banned some cards, and that's it. Now, they're actually coming in and manipulating the offering rates at the top, like, problematic, either in terms of power or in terms of feels bad, and, you know, moving them down, uh, which is great. And two, for the class adjustments, they are nerfing some cards, but they're only nerfing. They are, to the extent that they need to buff a class, I think they're only touching the bottom cards, which is also what they said. I can't find any of that information in the uh, data, because the bottom cards of the bottom classes you don't have data for. Like, Asia's Replay is not pulling in a billion, like, you know, warrior players and how often they draft the worst warrior cards. So, you can't track that data. You don't know how much they're offered it, right? Like, Asia's Replay only tracks how many times you actually select it and it goes in your deck. So there's just such low sample sizes that um, you're not going to see that. But you can see it in the win rates and how they're already improving. Um... Uh, I'll go into some specifics about the top. So three classes have had the offering rates of their cards reduced. It's Druid, Demon Hunter, and Paladin. Um, for Druid, the cards that have their offering rate reduced, and uh, again, you'll, you'll notice that it's, it's, it, there's a personal touch to it. It's not just by win rate. So one thing they didn't do, and this is what I, I am also not a big fan of this, um, but one thing they didn't do is they did not reduce the offering rate of any of the non-common cards for class cards. They only reduced the offering rate of common cards. So Scale of Anixia is down. And, it's not, and they didn't even reduce it by that much. They reduced it by like 15%. Like the same way they reduced like Mothership or something, for example. This is not the Gangplank Diver reduction. This is not the big scale reduction. They did not make Scale of Anixia into a rare card. They made it into, like, a slightly less common common card. Um, Flipper Friends, same. Uh, Miracle Growth, they tackled again, even though Miracle Growth is not one of the top performing cards anymore uh, after the nerf. Um, I don't know if they have data for that or, or, or enough data for that or not. But those are the cards that they touch for Druid. Uh, and I don't think they touched any other cards. I think that's it. I could be wrong... Again, I'm just literally clicking these cards like by hand, one by one, and seeing what they've reduced. But I think those are the Druid cards that actually had their uh, their offering uh, rates reduced. Um, and if you look at Druid's win rates, it's gotten a little bit better, and we're in the first day, so it'll keep getting better for like another another day. So Druid, I think, used to be almost 54%, and now it's almost 53%. 
So it's probably going to end up at like 52.5% or something. And as the best class, that's excellent. That is excellent for class balance for your top class to have a 52.5% win rate. Uh, and Demon Hunter is right there. It's like a, a little tiny bit below Druid. Um, and Demon Hunter, if you're thinking about what cards they removed, you don't need me to tell you. You can probably guess. They didn't touch uh, Rare. That's, so Eldari Inquisitor has not changed. That's probably one of the most annoying things. Because when you're looking at a Demon Hunter, what do you hate the most about facing a Demon Hunter? It's when Eldari Inquisitor comes onto the board, knocks out your Giant Taunt, and then hits you for like 9 damage. Like, it ends your game, right? And it's the highest win rate card in the entire class. And it is not touched. Flanking Maneuver, not touched. Why? It's a rare. Flame Reaper, not touched. Why? It's an epic. Even though they did not fix the epic offering bug for Flame Reaper. So, Flame Reaper is being offered as much as it has been before, which is way more than any other epic. It's being offered as if it was a rare card almost. Um, but what they did reduce is, I think the one that everybody knew they were going to reduce, is Glaive Shark. Glaive Shark got hit the same way that, um, the same way that Gangplank Diver got hit. So that's why I think that it has to do with new cards. I think they're taking away the offering bonus for any new card that gets hit. Um, because if you look at Raid of Anixia, it didn't get hit that like as hard. Why? Because Raid of Anixia is not a new set card. Um, okay. Um, and, and that's not just, by the way, if you're thinking like, oh, why are they making the distinction between new set and not new set? It's because new sets had an offering bonus, so they were seen more often. So if you're trying to get rid of annoying problematic cards, you're trying to reduce the amount of cards at how often they're seen. So what you do with a card like uh, uh, like Glaive Shark is you give it its normal penalty that you give to all these overperforming cards, and then you also make sure that you're not boosting it artificially so that it aligns with all the other overperforming cards and how often they're offered. Um, so that's that's what it is with Glaive Shark. But, um, and yeah, Battleworn Vanguard got hit, uh, Crow's Nest Lookout got hit, um, uh, what else got hit? I think that's it. I think the Dredge card may have gotten hit. Did Boneglade get hit? Yeah, Boneglade got hit. That's a, another of the high-performing, uh, cards. Um, yeah, those are the, those are the cards that got hit in, uh, in, in Demon Hunter. Like, these are not hit because they're cards that shouldn't exist in Demon Hunter, right? These are hit just for class balancing reasons. Uh, like, Demon Hunters were winning too much. They needed to make them win a little bit less. And so they're adjusting these cards by a little bit. So, when these cards get adjusted down 15%, that's great. I'm all in favor of it. But when Mothership gets adjusted down 15%, you're not doing enough. You know? Like, these are not equivalents. One, you're being careful. You're moving slowly. Why are you being careful and moving slowly? Because you need to balance all the classes. And moving fa farther is actually will be against your goal, right? It's not like there's another consideration. It will just cause more imbalance if you move it too far. On the other hand, why is Mothership getting reduced? It's because it's not fun to face. It's just bad for the game. So the fewer Motherships, the better. So why just 15%? You're going across all classes. You're, the game just gets better the higher that percentage is, right? Like, uh, and, and same for a lot of these other cards. That they like, why are they looking at Night Captain and saying, well, we're going to reduce its, uh, the percent that it's seen? It doesn't really affect, like, class balance at all. Because everybody gets Night Captain. They're doing it because they're like, Night Captain is not that fun when it's seen a lot. We need to have it seen less often for, you know, the game overall to feel more fun and, like, you have more control and, like, your class matters more. Um, and that all those reasons are great reasons, but they're not 15% reasons. They're like 50% reasons. And I hope the team, this is their first stab at it, right? Like they're, they're taking their baby steps. I, I hope that they, you know, come to this conclusion or at least try it out and see how much people like it, uh, later on in some future meta because, uh, and they've expressed willingness to do it. They said, this is the first step, right? We're just moving things a little, see how it goes. We'll, you know, do it again until it gets balanced. Um, but when it's the class balance, we know what their target is. They're going to try to get in as narrow a range as possible. But when it's the overall quote-unquote balance and, and fun and everything, like, I want them to go harder. Like, it's nice that they're doing 15%, but there's no downside here. Or there's very little downside here. 
Um, okay, so one more class had a card reduced. Uh, they actually hit Paladin. I didn't think they were going to hit Paladin, uh, but I'm glad that they did because they hit one card in Paladin. Or, you know what? I'm not even confident that they hit it. I think they hit it, but it's so small. Maybe they just fixed a bug or whatever, but something happened, and Bronze Explorer is being offered a tiny bit less than other cards. And I think what's happening is it got hit. Yeah, okay. So so here's what's happening with uh, with, with Paladin. Bronze Explorer did get hit. Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident that Bronze Explorer got hit. Uh, and no one's going to be angry at that. I think that was like a free win. And Paladin was the third best class. It was... Uh, there's a big gap between it and Demon Hunter slash Druid, but it was the third best class. And so they hit it a bit to make sure that if things go wrong, we don't have a Paladin meta again. Uh, and I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so those are the cards that were hit. And as far as I could tell, those are the only cards that were hit on the class side. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I like these changes. Uh, I wish the rare cards would have been hit, and epic cards would have been hit too. Um on the class card side. There's there's no reason uh, when you're adjusting to, to not adjust those. I guess they like them, but really some of these cards have really high win rates so that they're problematic on two ends, right? Like they're problematic because they're in a class that's too powerful, but they're also just kind of problematic cards. Um, and for those, like Inquisitor, you should be able to adjust it down. You shouldn't have to. You, you shouldn't have to um, like say, "Oh, Inquisitor is a rare card." Guess we can't touch it because people don't see it enough. Like people see it enough, you know. Or like Templar Captain, right? Templar Captain actually might have been adjusted down too. It's hard to tell with uh, with, with the Paladins. Um, if they were adjusted down, they were adjusted down in a smaller way than the other ones. Uh, but if Cap Templar Captain was actually adjusted down, that would be the only rare class card that I found that was adjusted down. Um, Brasswing definitely was not touched. And uh, Dundowder Bridge was not touched. Just going through the list of the OP Paladin cards that exist. <laughs> Alright, Murphs, you've been quiet for a long, long time. All what right. are your thoughts on the class balancing? So... Look, um, we, we were talking last week about how we should view this uh, as just whatever changes are made. Um, I, I, you know, in, in order to evaluate its success, I think we should be a little bit more lenient. Looking at what they did, their philosophy behind it, and now after talking about exactly what they did, I think this is very successful. I think this is very, very successful. And I like what they are doing in terms of um, their approach to balancing. And mm -hmm. we have a heavy emphasis on how the game feels. So if you look at a lot of this um, in terms of, okay, they took away a lot of powerful cards, but I, I think it's telling, for example, you know, for Paladins, what did they focus on? Because you could focus on a lot of stuff. For Paladins, they focused on Bronze Explorer. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are very, very frustrated by that card. It's just sort of like, okay, you can change Paladins in many ways. And I, I hear you guys if you say all of Paladins cards are frustrating. Yeah, basically all <laughs> of their most powerful cards are frustrating. But I think a lot of people are just really tired of Dragon Discovers. Easy ways to get like Raid Boss. Easy ways to get Alex. Um, Bronze Explorer is just not only a strong card, it makes people feel really bad. And with their focus on really tampering down Gangplank, their focus on seemingly, um, you know, kind of like looking at all of the Paladin cards and it's like Bronze Explorer is the one that we want to definitely tune down a little bit. I like this because it, I, I think their interest and their balancing is aligned with a lot of what the arena community wants as well. Everybody wants balance, but also we, we care about the experience of it. Uh, people care about sort of um, skill expression, leaving in RNG, but there's good RNG and controllable RNG, situational RNG, and then there is sort of like a very feels bad uh, cards that might not even be too powerful. So I think this was a very successful change um, it, it, after you look at everything that's happened. Now, there could be some things that we haven't exactly caught yet um, because mm -hmm. this is... The data is very little. Like, yeah. I'm, 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 I always say this based on what we know. Like, 
my confidence in this is not anything I said. My confidence, once I gave you a number, it's it's not high. Yeah, it's just where what I'm seeing based on looking at the stats. But so I see this sentiment already. For example, in chat, and I'm sure I'll read this on Arena HS as well. Um, in which, if you look right now, the classes have like so. Uh, the bottom classes, for example, priests just went up by like four percent in this short amount of time. Yeah, so that's here's huge. The thing, right? Like. You Please. should not expect a huge shakeup. And he and also, this is this is now we're just talking about from my opinion. I didn't like the huge shakeups that they did before, in which for example, if Demon Hunters were number one, they were trash after the changes. Those were the quote micro adjusts that happened. And some of you might like that. I don't. And if we're going into a new era, you can't like it's not helpful for the devs to start on this new process, do such sweeping changes that you just flip the meta around and priests are now on top, warriors are now on top, demon hunters suck. That's kind of easy to do. What's harder is to understand, okay, how these things affect each other in this new process that we're doing. The knowledge that the devs gain by doing this even if it helps close the gap, but doesn't significantly change the meta, I think that's, for me, that's way better than them flipping the meta. You might disagree with that. But more importantly, that's so much more helpful to the devs than flipping the meta like they did before. If you care about the devs learning and kind of like um, getting better at this stuff. So whether or not you prefer this whatever it may be in its current state how it looks in the middle or end of next week versus uh a complete flip undoubtedly this is a better learning experience and and going to be more helpful for the devs and for that alone i approve of it yeah um, I mean, I, I agree with, with all that, uh, including the, especially with the learning experience part, because they, like, just looking at it now, they clearly didn't move the bottom classes up enough, um, but they'll just do more, right? Like, now they know. Uh, now they have more experience in it. This is literally their first shot. And if Druid continues going down the way that I think it will, we're going to have a 52.5%, a sub 52.5% highest win rate class meta which I think we've seen once before. Like, so this would be the second best class balanced uh, at the top uh, meta to have existed in Hearthstone's history. So here's the thing, and I, I understand for a lot of people, it's like, I want the top class to be different. If your top class is like 52% win rate, that's not really a top class. Like mm -hmm. not not in the way that you guys traditionally think of it, and I understand because we don't have that. The top class typically is something like fifty five plus, or like you know fifty or fifty five exactly, uh, and that's a huge difference. So even if we don't move it, you face a demon hunter, uh, let's say at fifty two percent or fifty one and a half percent, that's not really a number one class. That's just like okay, well, um, this is a good class, right? Just like yeah. how you have some other good classes. Uh, so, you know, the difference between the number one class and just a 50% win rate class, you guys are you guys are even. Like, you know, it depends mm. on your deck. It depends on how you guys play. It depends on, you know, th there's some matchup considerations here and there, but it's, it, it is very, very different. Uh, so even if you don't get the number one class or if you keep seeing the number one class it's it's very different from you seeing the previous number one classes yep yep um well, one thing i do want to say is I, I said before that they did not increase the top cards of uh the classes i was looking at hunter and warrior which they did not but in priest it seems like they actually have uh but again this is so little data um like warlock it doesn't seem like they did uh but priest uh, i looked at for the first time and it it looked like it, it's stuff that was actually happening so um 
it's just not enough data right now for the lower classes. It's easier for the top classes because so many more people play the top classes because they're doing so well. Um, but uh, we'll like we'll have an answer in like a day or two, probably in like two days. I think uh, by just, just the, not now. I think by the end of Tuesday, you'll be able to really see what changed. Right now, yeah. it's still a little bit tough. But for example, um, I, the, the the lower classes are climbing up pretty significantly uh, right now. I mean, like it's been a full one full day, like one and a half day mm -hmm. of and changes. Keep in mind, a lot of the data being collected now are still from older decks. Yeah that like because they don't, they don't retire, retire decks when yes so you have to wait for everyone to finish their decks um but just looking at it right now i, th I think there's like there's no way there's no way that hunter or warrior gets past 46 percent. yeah but remember these were like 36 to 38 yep. percent win rate uh classes before so if you get them to like 43 percent or something that is huge now that's not where we want them to end up, but like, are they like okay? Forty-three to forty-four percent makes them very bad classes. It doesn't mm. make them Omega Dumpster tier, which they were yeah. before. You pick yeah. a warrior before that is Omega Dumpster tier. Now you you're just like ah damn. Okay, well you know can can I get a little bit lucky and still squeeze out like five or six wins yeah you could before it, it it basically just wasn't possible like you had to get the god deck and then mm -hmm. it was still an uphill battle and i think that's already huge i think that's that's already very big but we'll see by like the end of tuesday mm -hmm. yep and there's only so much you can do at the bottom with these so assuming their philosophy is as i said and as they said and they're not actually boosting the uh the win rates of the top cards in these classes and instead they're getting rid of the offering rates of the uh the bad cards so you get much more consistency uh in these uh in these classes you're still never going to get them to okay by just doing that because the effects are much smaller than increasing the, the op cards but you're going to get a much more healthy game so how do you achieve class balance when you're not willing to uh, uh, increase the offering rates, which increases the visibility rates, which makes the game more samey of, uh, of the bottom classes. Well, you do it with their other tool that they've already committed to, you know, uh, potential to doing, which is nerfing. Nerf harder. Everything needs to get nerfed in terms of offering rates. You're not removing it from the game. If someone loves, like, like I'm just looking at it right now, but, like, if someone loves, like, Raid of Anixia... And Raid of Anixia scale, is now offered... Right? You're, you're talking about scale? Sorry, Scale of Anixia. Um, and, uh, and you're now offering Scale of Anixia at 50% their original offering rate, which makes it a rare card. They're still going to see a draft Scale of Anixia. It's not like gone from the game, right? It's not like old school sap that just stopped existing at a certain point for rogues. Like, this is still a total card. Like, you'll see that card... You'll draft that card more often than you'll draft like Mothership. And you see Motherships everywhere. Uh, so this is not... Like they went with a very light hand on the nerfing for, for the top uh, classes. And they did it because I think in their current philosophy, they're actually trying to balance at 50%. Like they take what the current power level is. So let's say the current power level Rogue is at 50%. And they're like, we want everybody to be the power level of current Rogue. So anyone above that, we move down. Anyone below, we move up. But that's not actually how balancing and making a good game works. To balance the game and make the game a good, interesting, fun game, you need to nerf the top down because you don't have the tools to pull the bottom up without making the game even worse. Because then the bottom, like, you know, the priest meta or the warrior meta, where you have double the offering rates of their top cards. Uh, that, that doesn't work. And the, the, the dev team recognizes that and is not doing that, which is great. But I think they're going to hit a wall, at, at, at which point they're going to they, they'll realize that what you actually need to do is nerf Druid hard, nerf Demon Hunter hard, nerf Paladin a little, nerf Shaman a little, nerf Rogue a little, nerf Mage a tiny bit, let Warlock be your middle, and then Priest, Hunter, and Warrior can rise to the appropriate level without making the game worse. So, yes... 
that might involve uh, scale of Anixia being offered at 50% its old rate. It might involve scale of Anixia being offered at 25% its old rate and making it into an epic card. Like, it may involve all that. But the middle line is not your starting point of 50%. It's actually lower than that. Because the game does not become significantly worse when you reduce the offering rate of broken top cards. Especially when they're common. The game becomes much worse when you increase those cards from unpopular and bad classes. So they've recognized the second part, but they haven't committed to the first part of what I just said yet. And I can't actually see a solution that does not involve the first part. And they're going to realize that. This is their first attempt, right? They're just trying to see how much things move and getting you know, getting their feet wet in this. Um, and I, I totally agree. The small step is what I would have done too. I wouldn't have, like what I just said they should do, I would not have you know, done that as my first try. And they shouldn't have done it as their first try, and they didn't. But that's the next step in balancing. When, once, they, once they're comfortable with how things move when they start moving, they need to be more aggressive and moving the top cards of the top classes, especially if they're common or rare, down. Because otherwise, you don't get to that nice middle. The nice middle cannot be the starting 50%. The nice middle has to be like 48, 47%. All right. Um, anyway, I think uh, we're, well, this is this kind of, uh, we talked a lot about uh, micro adjusts. We've kind of done as much as we could to tell you exactly what's happened and why this is, you know, a huge win for the arena. That the team is doing this and that they've at least verbally committed to doing adjustments very quickly after this like this adjustment happened a long time after the game was released a long time and um that's because the team was still figuring out what they wanted to do right and then like how to do it probably um and now they at least have the steps in play so they're just tweaking it so when the mini set comes out i'm hoping fingers crossed that we get like the first update a few days in or a week at most. That's that's my that's my hope. Because it only takes a couple days for you to know what cards are definitely problematic, even if you're not like aiming to make things perfect yet. And you can make things a lot better for people by just putting out a patch like three days after. Just, you know, dealing with the really broken stuff. And then in like another two weeks after that or something, have your actual class balance patch. Yep. I think every single time we do this, hopefully uh, the dev team just gains confidence in knowing what to do, knowing how them pulling a certain lever will affect everything else. And it seems as though they are solidifying their philosophy right now. They're mm -hmm. They ex explained a little bit of it in the post. And from what I see right now, I like their philosophy. I like the what they are focused on in terms of like, because uh, you could balance in so many ways. You could balance in so many bad ways. And that's the yes. problem with machine balancing. Because... Um, with pure machine balancing. With pure machine balancing, what you a lot of times will focus on is efficient balancing. And efficient balancing mm -hmm. might be some of the worst balancing possible. Because efficient balancing is going to just be like, okay, well, this is easy. Just make everything a coin flip. Isn't that like by far the easiest thing? Just make everything a coin flip. Um, manual balancing uh, is tough. And that involves kind of like having a philosophy behind it, uh, doing a lot of work, and then trying to balance it with an eye on making things fun. So yeah, uh, what I do hope is something that you stated as well. I, I really do hope that they are able to move fast. Once you get the confidence, once you do this a few times, when a new expansion comes out, if you are, if you don't want to do the thing that you did uh, previously with, um, uh, what was it, Black, like Blackwing or something, uh, and then just ban it ahead of time, mm -hmm. you have Blackwing. to respond. Uh, yeah, Runaway Blackwing. Um, you have to respond quickly because you mm -hmm. cannot have something like watch post. Uh, you can't really have something like ramming mount um, in the meta for too long because that just feels <laughs> terrible. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about uh, within this topic before we talk about the future future of Arena 
um, which they dropped some hints on uh, on us this week as well, um, is that this thing that they're doing where they're lowering the offering rate of cards of like uh, quite a few, and you know maybe they'll do more or maybe they'll raise the percentage by which they're nerfing the offering rate appearances of these cards. Every little step they do in that direction actually makes their balancing job harder. So we talked about this in in previous Light Forges, but one of the easiest ways to class balance is to make the neutral set really swingy and powerful or RNG. Then what class you pick doesn't matter as much, right? What class you pick only matters to the extent that their class cards and hero power have an outsized impact on the game. Which it does. That's how the game is designed, even from a constructive perspective. So it's never going to be like, oh, all classes are the same. But the weaker you make the neutral set, the less frequently you see motherships, the less frequently you see Anixia, the less equal the classes are going to be. Any difference in the powers of the classes is going to be magnified. And so... By them making the game better, more enjoyable, and more fun in the big picture by dealing with these two powerful neutral cards, um, they are making it harder to achieve class balance. But I think it's the right way to go. Because what you want in the end is a class balance game that is enjoyable to play. Not a class balance game that is still unenjoyable to play. Uh, so... This is kind of, uh, I, but so uh, also this is kind of my way of saying like cut them a little bit of a break if the numbers don't move like, you know, perfectly even in their second iteration because every time they move neutral cards down, they're making, they're widening the class, uh, uh, the class inequality. So even if class inequality doesn't change after they do a patch, that means they've actually still done something good. Um, now, obviously, we want to see class differences get, get smaller and smaller in terms of win rate. Uh, but the baseline is not what the class win rates were before. Because they're moving neutrals as well. Yep. Uh, so, look. We'll talk about this more next week. We'll, we'll see exactly where everything stands. Um, and then by that point, you're really just looking forward to the next update, mm -hmm. the next uh, mini set or expansion, whatever you want to call it, uh, mini set or expansion. Um, so, yeah. Which will also come with a rotation, probably. That's what they've been doing. Probably. So everything's going to change. Um, this is, we're, we're in the, the, the beta phase of this new balancing system. And, um, you know, let, I hope they test many things. Like, I don't think anyone's super hard committed to like learning this meta inside and out and you know little adjustments to the meta annoys them or anything this is a good beta to, uh, a zone um it's already in, in pretty good shape class balance wise um and uh they can just move the needle around a bit and play around with it and see uh see what happens um they did also make one more announcement so let's move on to the end of our our arena uh podcast which is the future future of arena Matt Lunda made a tweet in that series of tweets that were talking about what's what's happening in the arena. And one of the ones, I got sent this by like three different people. So people are, are definitely reacting to it. It's that um, in the future, they hope to make a better version of Synergy Picks. That is the future of arena. They weren't really shy about it. They weren't like, here's four directions and this is one of the directions. They were like, this is, this is the direction we want to take it. Like, no guarantees. But, but we're moving in this direction. Um, and that was in response to, to someone who was concerned that they removed some of the really bad cards that were potentially, you know, like, naval mine. I guess if you made the best mech deck or whatever, it could, the right pick could be naval mine. Uh, I mean, I, I think, have we drafted? No, we've discovered it before and picked it as the, the right discover. Uh, so they're not like totally useless cards, right? Like, but they're, uh, but they're very bad and the arena's better without them. Um, so in response to that, the tweet was that they are going in this direction in the future. Not right now, but that is what the future holds for arena. So... That's 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 what's that's what's happening. Um, I know a lot of our viewers and a lot of our listeners 
are not the biggest fans of uh, Synergy picks. Um, but I think a larger portion are fans of the idea of Synergy picks. Um, just that the implementation was so horrendous, but that they're generally on board with the idea of having more synergies in Arena. I think people uh, just want the draft to be more dynamic. People want the draft to be more skill-based in many ways, and that can be helped out in, in many ways. Number one is something that they already did slash are still implementing, which is getting rid of bad cards, right? Because mm -hmm. when cards are truly bad, for example, a Helmet Hermit, um, you know, or, or just those like Ancient Watcher-esque cards, um, or an Amgam Rager memes aside, that's essentially a non-pick. When those come up, it is basically saying, hey, you RNG'd your way to only picking two uh, cards instead of three. People hate that. Um, and then there is uh, the idea of synergy picks, which if implemented well, now you have to calculate a little bit more. You have to risk assess. People like that. People have pitched the idea of, hey, what if you drafted 35 cards total? And then at the end, you get to just... Just look at all 35 cards and it was like, okay, I'm cutting these five. Uh, and then I can, you know, like maybe mm -hmm. make riskier picks, right? Yes. Then that is essentially Please. synergy picks without being synergy picks because you can make elemental reaches. You can make, let's say, you know, dragon reaches in a non-dragon meta and maybe still be able to get that. So all of these ideas put together, I think people want this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Drafting has not changed since this game mode has been implemented. You know, they, they stuffed in like buckets, they stuffed in synergy picks, but drafting itself has not changed and it is extraordinarily simplistic. I'm not saying that's mm -hmm. bad, but I think for this long and for this much feedback to have been given over the years, people are expecting a bit more at this point. Because yep. it is just a little bit too simplistic at this point. Yeah. The game's developed in, in eight years. Uh, other card games have come out. It's not just Magic the Gathering. And, like, I, I think it actually was just Magic the Gathering. Uh, and nobody had a real virtual card game that was, that, you know, popular. And Hearthstone did that. And then Magic the Gathering followed afterwards. And then a lot of virtual card games have popped up now. Um and all of them have a limited format, of course. So everybody knows what's out there and what possible like rules are there. And you're also dealing with the player base that's like, yeah, in the beginning when you had Hearthstone, you don't want to confuse them. You're pulling a lot of people in from WoW. You're pulling a lot of people who have never played card, you know, card games or MTG before. You can't just assume everyone's coming with like some basic MTG knowledge. Um, well, you've established a market now. And you've, like, revitalized this whole genre of, uh, of TCGs and brought it into the virtual uh, world, Blizzard. You've done it. And now this is the world. And so you don't have to worry about confusing people anymore, except maybe in the tutorial. Like, the vast majority of your players already know what's going on. And you could throw a couple curveballs at them and be a little creative, and they won't, like, get totally lost. Um, or if they get totally lost, it'll take a couple games and then, or a couple drafts, and then they'll they'll get on with it. Um, I think the drafting extra cards and being able to get rid of them is huge because it's such a innocuously uh, like basic rule that no one can object to. Like even if I have no interest in synergy picks, I'm like, oh, I can just make my deck that better by throwing away the the worst few cards, right, and increase my my deck quality and consistency. Um, but in practice, what it means is. I don't have to worry that much about my curve. I don't have to, like, just even if you're the most basic I love Yetis player, you're going to be drafting more risky if you have three extra cards you could throw away. Even if you're not going for any mech synergies. And in today's meta, even without this extra three-card rule, you are going for mech synergies. You are going for dragon synergies. You're not going, like, with, like, this mindset, right, where it's like, pick one, I got a dragon. Okay, this is a dragon deck now. You're still going where the draft takes you, but... You want to squeeze in some synergies in there or else you can't win in this meta. There's already so much swing that you really do need the power that synergies give you. I have like a... Uh, I was completing some quests and I have like an 8-0 or 9-0 Shaman deck right now. And it has like two mech synergies in it. It has 
uh, two piranha synergies. It has uh, that the multi-caster with two different spell classes synergy. Uh, it's got... Um, what was another synergy? There's one other one. Um, I, I ended up not picking the dragon synergy, but I could have. I was given that option, and I was like debating. I was like, I only have two dragons. I'm not going to go for that synergy. I'm a little overstuffed with, with synergies already. Um, but but it's just there's, there's just so much stuff that's already synergy in the game that the arena is already utilizing and so having a neutral rule that disproportionately benefits people making more synergistic and creative decks that does a lot for that like more than you would think like you don't need an actual synergy pick of saying like hey if you pick three mechs in the course of your draft your next pick we guarantee you will be a mech synergy they could implement that rule. They'd have to like figure out the buckets and everything um, and how to do it. But they could implement that. Uh, and uh, and it will be effectively synergy picks. And it will be much better than how they did synergy picks before. But they don't need to go that far. Just seemingly neutral rules would allow for so much more creativity in arena drafts. Yeah. So, look, this is... Um, this is stuff that I'm very excited about. Like, uh, j- just them kind of like thinking about ways to improve the draft which let's face it is a lot of people's favorite part of the arena people love drafting and it's also why if there is no effort right now to make draft spectating possible that should definitely be (laughs) high on the list that that's been something in which um i i think everybody would super duper appreciate just uh more emphasis on the draft but oh man there's so many ways you can increase the fun along with the skill testing um with it for example what if every pick in the draft you had your three picks and also a mystery box i don't know like how just a a big fan of opera huh i look I think that would be so fun, right? Super skill testing. And then you'd want to look at, it's like, oh, where are the the uh, the times in which I should use this? What is the risk assessment here? You got to like know a lot. And for those who just want to like yo- idgaf YOLO, boom. Like you, you see a selection that you're not even like the biggest fan of. I don't give a shit about the numbers. You know, I'm, I'm picking the mystery box every single time. There are so many ways, I think, to improve the fun aspect of drafting while at the same time super increasing the skill level. And I think that uh, a couple of the ideas that we've talked about are just really, really, really fun for people. Second idea, Blizzard, you can have all these ideas for free. These are all, all, all ones I've thought about over the years. For one pick... Okay, so, so you get to bank this if at any point in the draft you select the option to have the game randomly pick a card for you you can then for a subsequent pick pick two of the cards so for example if you have just like a oh man i don't mind taking any of these three well maybe i mind a little bit you can just randomly have you can just click the button it's like okay i just you know, I'm feeling lucky. You know, it's like the I'm feeling lucky for Google. They pick it for you. And then because you threw it to RNG uh, and kind of lost out or whatever there, and the subsequent picks, you get to make up for it by choosing two out of the three. These are just some ideas. They involve a lot of calculations, risk assessment, all of that stuff. But I think... I don't think I'm wrong here, um, and you guys can let me know. I think a lot of these are just fun for people as well, you know? They're like skill-testing RNG things in which I, you shouldn't get frustrated at them because they're like all within your control. You can choose whether or not to do the nerd calculations, or you could just be like, I feel like having fun tonight, you know? I got a beer, I want to have some fun, I want to see what happens. If I mess up... That's on me, right? It's not my opponents like getting lucky and finding something. It, it's like that was on me. I wanted to yolo a little bit, and uh, that's my Here's fault. Here's an idea: whatever the economy is, you can select the yolo option from the beginning, and it'll give you a discount on your ticket. 
That's interesting. Because you're expected to do worse, so you're like, so you shouldn't have to pay as much for it. And at the same time, now the arena is going to be filled with more lower skilled players. Why? Because they have a random deck; they're not really lower skilled. Um, but it'll give the new players and the weaker players just more wins because you're in the same pool as people with actual random cards. Like you're not. So, I think it's uh, you got to solve a lot of problems, right? There's, there's a lot of problems in arena, but the people keep talking about new player experience. Like, yeah, I create a new player experience at Kitty Pool, but you do something like random draft for 100 gold, uh, or like I don't know, 110 gold, or whatever the new system is, right? Like, just less than whatever your, your standard non-random is. People are gonna do it because people love randomness. People and love then randomness. You're gonna have yeah. a nice, you know, some chunk of the player base playing worse decks and so your your bad players are going to beat them more often than not because they all have somewhat coherently drafted decks and they'll feel good i think these are all aspects in which you are changing up the skill testing of the draft which let's face it um it's not super skill testing right now like it's still skill testing but i think there is just so much more there uh to offer and these are just ideas that I think the majority of people will find super duper fun, like really, really fun because drafting is extraordinarily rigid now. Drafting just kind of needs to change and you can implement any of these ideas. I, I almost want to say you can implement almost any idea except for Synergy Pick 1.0. <laughs> and it would be really good. Like it would be really, really good. Just don't don't bring back Synergy Picks 1.0. Okay, <clears throat> bring them back as 2.0. I want to see what they are. But I'm very excited, uh, and I think that um, you know, judging from their communications, they got some big stuff planned, and that's great. I'm, I'm very happy about that. Yep. I got nothing to add to that. I think we've talked it pretty through. You got anything more, or should we uh, should we end this and uh, and move on to next week? We'll, we'll talk about battlegrounds next week, right? We can talk a little bit about that. I haven't played that much, but also it's just uh, your summary is Nagas uh, Kek W. Um, that's that's basically it. Just just do you have Nagas? Get them. Boom. There's your BG analysis. Wow. Seems like we're, we're doing quite well in the arena right now compared to BGs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they changed everything in BGs. So we knew this was going to happen. <laughs> we said it last week. And uh, now you wait for the balance patch. Um, all right. That's it for us. Thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash grinninggoat. Thank you. Thank you. Until next week, um, this is Abukta. This is Murps. Goodbye. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>